Hello, everybody. This is Caleb Brakey, and thank you for listening to the Riskers podcast. I am the founder and CEO of Speak It to Book and Sermon to Book, where we help Christian men and women of faith and pastors turn their ideas and their sermons into books. Today on the Riskers podcast, we welcome Todd Doxson, a former NFL QB receiver, TV analyst who's thrown passes to Dan Marino and other incredible quarterbacks, and now he's the lead pastor at Love Church. We helped Todd write his book, Self Feeders, a personal and corporate key to lasting fruit in the Christian life through my company, Sermon to Book, and I want you to pick that up now. And here's why. One of the things we go into in this podcast is we will be going through life doing a lot of stuff. We like to think that if we just do a lot and accomplish a lot, then that's what God meant for us, right? No. God says, I'm right here. Be with me. Have a relationship with me. The older I get, the more I shed religion, and the more I pursue relationship. What a difference it does when people like me, people whose besetting sin is the term I grew up using, control. When life gets hard, I'm just going to work harder and put it all on my shoulders. And then you end up running yourself into the ground, throwing your fists up going, God, why don't you see this, all this work I'm doing? And I'm doing it because I, I love you and I want to do all these things in life. And he goes, all I want is for you to be right here. You know, hey, get out of the kitchen. Come sit at my feet like Mary here, who's choosing what's better. So everyone, I encourage you today, if you are someone who desires that intimacy and humility before God, to have that relationship, which is what empowers you in this life to be a part of the kingdom work God is doing, I know you're going to be absolutely blessed by this interview with Todd Doxson. So the big question is this, how do Jesus-loving entrepreneurs, pastors, and driven men and women of faith like us who are taking risks to pursue their kingdom calling? How do we get our mission, the problem we're working to solve, the pain we're striving to heal, how do we fully realize it here on earth? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answer. My name is Caleb Brakey, and welcome to the Riskers Podcast. Welcome, Todd, to the Riskers podcast, brother. It's been such a joy just getting to know you here in the past few minutes. For those listening right now who are in the sports world at all, it's kind of a fun a fun time right now. I used to be a sports journalist, got to cover the New York Yankees. Well, Todd, uh, now a lead pastor, he's played in the NFL. And that is, we're talking 0.000 some odd percent <laughs> of athletes who actually make it to the NFL. I'm so curious, Tana, what it was like to go from like high school where you're the best player, college, you're the best player, and now all of a sudden NFL where you're just facing all the best players. Brother, welcome to the Riskers <laughs> podcast. I can't wait to hear your story. Well, Caleb, it's an honor. And I told you before, so blessed by you, your, your leadership team, your company, giving guys like us the ability to get some 
stuff that God placed in our heart out to people to help. And I know that's your heart. So you know, thanks for having me on. It's funny you say that about <laughs> the first team. I actually finally made it and was making, you know, that actually made the roster was playing on game day was the Miami dolphins. And mm. when I, I grew up playing peewee football here in Omaha, Nebraska, and my team was the dolphins. And so <laughs> I always, you know, always dreamt of playing in the NFL and Dan Marino was, you know, this young quarterback was, you know, amazing in the NFL. And so when I finally made it, Dan was like right next to me in the locker room. Wow. It was so wild because I'm like, this, like this dream is reality and I'm walking in it. And, and Dan is funny. The first week I was there, he invited me, he had a skybox to the ice hockey team. And he's like, all right, Rook, I'm going to have you out for some filet mignon and we're going to go catch a a hockey game, you know, the Florida Panthers with my family and had an awesome time. And, and so, yeah, it was uh, definitely a dream come true. A lot of grinding, a lot of, uh, a lot of heartache, you know, I had gotten cut by the New York jets and the new England Patriots. Your boy, Pete Carroll was, was my coach at new England, actually, man. Wow. And pulled a hamstring in training camp in 97 and in 98, but then finally uh, latched on in uh, in Miami and so had a little cup of coffee in the NFL. I was one of those kids that worked hard and worked my tail off but wasn't all that talented. I could run a little bit and they threw me on special teams and ended up backing up Dan Marino and it was a pretty wild season for sure. That is incredible. Back I mean you can't <laughs> not too many people can say they backed up Dan Marino. So was it mostly your legs or your arm that got you into the NFL because we're talking wide receiver and QB. That's two very different positions, but it I mean we saw it this year where they brought in a receiver to play for the Broncos during COVID. <laughs> it's funny in this day and age, I think my skill set would be much better. Back in the day, you know, it was Dan Marino, John Elway, you know, a lot of these big dudes, you know, I'm six foot 190. So definitely it was my legs that, that got me a look. And, uh, I would accredit, I would credit my strength coach at Iowa state. His, his name was Matt McGettigan. He's now the strength coach at air force Academy. And he's the, he single-handedly made me into a man. And my 40 time went down by like two tenths while I was in college. Wow. So when the scouts came to look at us, the NFL guys, they definitely, you know, when you run a four, four high, four, three, they look at that. They'll at least give you a shot. And so, you know, it was coach McGettigan, his leadership, Iowa state gave me an opportunity and, and, uh, you know, and again, it's God's will. I ended up meeting my wife down in Fort Lauderdale <laughs> at the Calvary chapel in Fort Lauderdale and eventually got our call to start a Calvary chapel back here in Omaha. So, wow. you know, here I am living a worldly dream, but really it was God just sovereignly moving chess pieces into the place where I would get really my main call in my life, which wow. is to lead the church I'm leading now. Well, let's talk a little bit more about that. Where did the, where did your passion for playing in the NFL and your relationship with God, where did they really collide? Uh, it's funny. You know, I, I grew up, my mom had a drug problem. She drugged me to church every single Sunday and uh, <laughs> I hated it. I, you know, I, my parents got divorced when I was young. I'm sure it was a great church, but what I saw was a gray haired guy. I couldn't relate to telling mm. me I'm an idiot in pews with a hymnal. And, mm. you know, my brothers, you know, hit me in the ribs with like a, a sharpened pencil, you know? So for me, 
it just it didn't it didn't click. So I went to Iowa State, played football and baseball. I go to the New York Jets, Bill Parcells. You know, I'm like, oh, oh I've made it, and again, pulled my hamstring. And honestly, Caleb, I got cut, went back to Iowa State to finish my degree. And dude, I literally hit rock bottom. You know, I had dealt and dabbled, you know, with drugs a little bit in college, but I ended up literally dealing drugs, uh, was dealing weed. And one night after I got cut, I was back at Iowa State and I was in my truck. (laughs) I was working for Jimmy John's, bro, like freaking fast. And I was making a delivery. And then also a delivery of a bag of weed and God just got my attention. It was literally an ax nine story. I pulled my truck over and the presence of God was kind of challenging me, man. Like bring me to the woodshed and be like, Todd, I've tried to get your attention. I've tried to protect you. My hands of, of protection are going to be off and you could choose me now, or you could be incarceration, unplanned pregnancy, disease, but man, wow. I'd say choose me. That was my, you know, Saul to Paul conversion, Acts 9 conversion in my truck. And that was late 97, dude. And that was wow. the beginning of this. It was literally a flick of a switch and just everything changed like overnight. That's incredible. And what's really cool about that too, in the sovereignty of God is I thought my career was over, got cut by the Jets. And it was right after I made that confession in my truck, the New England Patriots called and wanted to send me to NFL Europe to, you know, kind of get some experience. I was making the transition from quarterback to receiver at the same time, Kurt Warner signed with the Rams and they were going to send him to NFL Europe. Well, Kurt was in Des Moines. I'm in Ames. It's 30 minutes away. Our coach calls and says, Hey, Kurt's going to be the quarterback. Todd, you're going to play receiver. Why don't you guys work out together before we go to training camp? And so sure enough, Kurt and and no one knew who, the heck Kurt was, he was playing for the Iowa barnstormers. It was like a arena league. Wow. And, and, uh, so we started working out at the rec center at Iowa state. We go to training camp in Atlanta. We were roommates there. And then we went to Europe to Amsterdam of all places, by the way, <laughs> where my two biggest vices, you know, women and weed and it was legal and, and God in his grace, he's like, this, this dude's going to fumble the rock. We're going to put him in with Kurt Warner who is on fire Christian. And so here's a built-in accountability partner. I saw a man of God who was a competitor, a cool guy. And it was totally, it was four months of like, like hyperspeed disciple, discipleship, bro. And that was huge for me. In fact, to this day, we started a program called 180, uh, which is a four month program for men coming out of addiction that Mm want to really go for it. And that's all based on that that time with Kurt. Wow. There's, there's so many things popping into my mind right now. One, (laughs) I think I speak for all the listeners that it's pretty incredible. You got to catch passes from both Marino and Kurt Warner. I mean, that's crazy. That's pretty crazy. But, um, also what you, what you said, I've, I've spoken with several NFL players over the years and what surprised me the most is the lack of transition plan when things finally end. And how oh, that yeah. really does wreck people. I mean, if, if I think of myself as a 21-year-old and then maybe I'm out of the NFL by 25, 26, 27, you think you've reached peak and then it's over. And, and I can see that easily leading to such a dark time when you haven't been shown that God's got a lot more plans for you, man. Um, you, that's a really inspiring <laughs> story. 
So you hit it. And really, Caleb, honestly, the, to me, the key word is identity. So yes. many of us, that is our identity, yep. you know, from a, from a young age and our whole, everybody looks, oh, that's Todd, the football player. That's so-and-so. And all of a sudden that's taken away. And we're looking at like, who am I? And that's really becomes this question that hits you smack dab in the face. I was literally like, dude, I don't know who I am. And, and God, by again, by his grace, like, Hey man, you're my son. Let's go. Let's do this. Wow. And that was huge, man. So that, you know, went to new England, pulled a hamstring again, and then, you know, landed with Miami and, and I'm telling you, man, early on, there was just this, this call. I've really felt that, you know, eventually God was going to call me to, to start a church. I just, I just knew it. And, and honestly, all the way back since I was a kid, I just, I was just trying to suppress it, but I, I knew (laughs) there was something in me that eventually you're going to, you're going to do this. And being at Calvary Chapel, Fort Lauderdale and, you know, this thriving church that grew to, you know, 15, 20,000 people. It was just amazing work of God. And, um, and, and I, I knew I wanted to see that in my hometown of Omaha, Nebraska. I really did. And so that was kind of, you know, <laughs> after football, you know, I w- went to the NFL, made it, got cut again, went to the XFL. I don't know if you're probably too young to remember that wild league. Uh, I do remember the-, the XFL. They, they tried to kick it up last year. The dragons yeah. played right before COVID hit. Yep, exactly. So I played for the LA team there, got hurt again, and then ended up finish finishing my career in the arena football league in New York, in uh, Georgia and Carolina. But from that transition, started working for fellowship of Christian athletes back here in Omaha. And just knew that we were supposed to, you know, do this. We, we had a little home Bible study too. And like, like it just started continuing to grow. I mean, it was just bursting at the seams. And so I called my pastor. This is when we were back in Omaha. I called my pastor in Fort Lauderdale. I'm like, dude, I don't know how to do this. He's like, check it out. Come back down. We'll put you on staff. You'll get on the job training. And then we'll send you back from Fort Lauderdale back to Omaha to start. So that's what we did 13 years ago, man. 13 years ago. In fact, we left Fort Lauderdale. It was like 84 degrees. We have twin boys. They were six years old. We're playing like beach, like football. We get here. It was like negative 20. My wife's (laughs) like, dude, what in the world have you got me into? (laughs) <laughs> and uh so we started out of middle school and ended up moving to a high school and then we just finished our first permanent facility uh December 13th of 2020 is is wow. when we had our first uh worship service here. Before we go further, I want to take a quick break and tell you about the publishing expertise offered by Speak It to Book and Sermon to Book, where we help men and women of faith become powerfully positioned to impact lives by collaboratively writing their book and building their ministry platform. If you've longed to write your book and impact a broader audience, our team is here to help, even if you don't have the time or energy to write. We've helped riskers like you secure traditional book deals, hit numerous bestseller lists, keynote to 100,000 people in two years, and get featured on Entrepreneur on Fire, Forbes, and Inc. Schedule a free strategy call at calebrakey.com. Absolutely incredible. You you yeah. go from school to your first facility. So this is, okay, the journey started 13 years ago. How long have yeah. you been pastoring in Nebraska? Yeah. So literally it's, it's been 13 years because 
you know, I was on staff at the Calvary Chapel in Fort Lauderdale. We were um, actually serving at the Boca Raton campus for about a year and a half, close to two years. And then they, dude, it's funny. They just prayed for us on a Wednesday night. They're like, all right, the Lord's moving them on. Good luck, buddy. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> and, and we just moved up here by faith. And it was really cool. God gave us some winks, man. Like when we packed up our condo to move back here, you know, 13 years ago, we, I didn't know where I was going to live, where I was going to work. And we pack up the moving van. I get into my car, I have a voicemail from a friend who's a custom home builder. He's like, Hey Todd, I heard you're coming back to start the church. I just want to let you know, I just finished a custom town home and I want you to be able to live there for free for six months while you get your, your church in order. Wow. I mean, I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. So, you know, you take that step of faith, God provides, you know, we, we again, rented out this middle school and God just continued to, to do his thing. So yeah, 13 years being the, the pastor here, it, it, we originally called it Calvary Chapel West Omaha, and then we rebranded. So we're called Love Church now. Wow, brother, that's yeah. incredible. And and you mentioned winks, <laughs> kind of God winks. And you also <laughs> mentioned just taking a step of faith and God starts opening the doors. Like, how has that manifested in your life? Because that's that's really what this podcast is all about. It's mm-hmm. It's encouraging people to take that step when other people maybe are saying they shouldn't. They're telling themselves they shouldn't. And it's this lack of trust. It's this, well, if God would call me to it, he would show me every last step, (laughs) then I'll go. And it just doesn't work out that way. So how have you seen that in your ministry and, and your growth and now how you're, you're serving in these programs that you've created? I would love to hear just more of how God's showing up. Yeah, it's a really good question. You know, Caleb, I, I, the way I look at it, I feel like some of us Christians err on both sides. I feel like some people, you know, oh yeah, the Lord's in it because I saw so-and-so do it. And you know what? I'm going to walk by faith. And it really wasn't born out of intimacy and like mm-hmm. God speaking directly. It was, it, it, you know, it's more of a striving. Like I want to mm-hmm. be like that person and I just name it and claim it. It's not really born in mm-hmm. humility, intimacy, clear direction, And then, you know, then you get some people on the other side where God's confirmed it, you know, God confirmed for us literally 50 scriptures. I still have them to this day before we launched from Fort Lauderdale. And I knew for a long time, but, you know, there was confirmations along the way to clarify the call. And at that point, I think there's still some people that go, and I'm studying uh, Exodus right now. Remember when Moses, you know, God's like, okay, I'm going to send you, you know, to deliver my people from Egypt. And he's like, he has all these excuses. He's like, who am I? And then he's like, well, what if the people don't believe me? You know, and then he's coming <laughs> up with all these excuses and God sends every one of the excuses down and then finds like, all right, can you just send someone else? <laughs> <laughs> and, and it says, God's like, got mad, you know, he's like, bro, I'm trying to like, give you the privilege of this adventure with me and you keep on poo-pooing it. And now I'm going to have to bring Aaron into the mix and he's going to be your spokesman. So I feel like there's people that kind of either side and really, Mm. I think it's, man, I want to seek God first Mm. and then everything else will be added to me. And if I, I think if I have a genuine heart and I'm connected with him in his word Mm. by his spirit, it is going to be dicey at times, you know? Yeah. When we set out to build this church, this is a perfect example, Caleb. It's like, I don't know, church of four or five hundred people when we when we launched this thing. It's a $13 million project. People 
thought I lost my mind, but I just, I knew we were called in this season and we launched it, we sent it. And, you know, here we are, what, two months in and God's provided in the middle of a pandemic Mm. every step of the way in human resource, financial resource, energy, vision, clarity, and it's him that's done it. (laughs) It's wild. It's crazy. I love that you pointed out there's really two sides to the coin here, intimacy and humility. Because we can just go gung ho. And I like how you said it's like more out of a striving, which isn't connected to Christ. It's like, like we want to move forward in faith because of this intimacy and because we're saying, lead me, which is the humility. And I love that, um, that you pointed that out because I think that's where a lot of the fear comes from. A lot of people, they say, well, I don't know if God's called me. And one of the great ways to ask about is not the signs that's well, what's God telling you these days? And if they're like, I have no idea. It's like, well, have you prayed at all? Or have you, have you, have you sought him? And it's like, no, it's like, well, let's start there. Like, let's see what God wants because he wants, you know, you're his daughter or son and he wants a relationship with you. I love that. Uh, and thanks for, for going there. Like, I haven't heard it that clearly in a while. And it's a beautiful truth. You said that in your, your application for the Riskers podcast, that faith overcomes fear, the unknown, the uncontrollable. Where have you seen that in this $13 million, I'm sure crazy project. Where have you seen that happen? Just, just tangible ways. Every step of the way, Caleb, in this building process has been this tension that we've managed because you know, A, as you know, as a leader, and you're a great leader, you build team around, you're going to have people that are, you know, hyper conservative, which is great. You need to have those type of people on your team, but you also, you know, need to have riskers and, you know, (laughs) send it type people, right? And so to me, I think the challenge, the tension has been, how do we lovingly bring all parties Mm. under the Lordship of Christ, making sure everyone's connected, Mm. hearing all of that, but ultimately, you know, we, we say, put in the Holy Spirit colander, man, like, you know, be humble enough to have that wisdom and that insight. But then in your secret place, when you really zone in on it, all right, now we're moving forward. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you do take those steps of faith, you'll see that you, you'll see God go, yep. Okay. And he, he'll affirm that by different things. Again, whether it's financial, different people, I'll give you one real tangible example there's a business guy in our church who's been with us from day one and he's, he's the most humble, unassuming, like spiritual and financial gangster around dude. Like you would never know it, you know? (laughs) And he's just the guy I want to be. And he just right at the right time, God brings him to this place where he led our entire project, our whole construction project. He was the one that met with our contractor Literally every two weeks, he brings in a couple other guys that we trust. You know, our finance guy has been with us from day one. I don't see what anyone gives in the church. He screens all that and just gives the budget. So just that in in and of itself, the team allowed me to stay zoned in on what I'm called to do best, which is preach, vision cast, build teams, Hmm. set vision. And that to me, I think has been huge. Just that is one particular part of it, you know, but you look at the selection of the construction team, the design team, all of it. I mean, God just brought it 
perfectly. Wow. And then, so, and this is the funny thing. Then we move into the building. We're like, dude, we got to have a facilities director that like, I mean, this is a beautiful building that God's graciously given us to steward from day one. We got to make sure it's on point. Well, the guy that helped us first set up the chairs at that middle school cafeteria is our facilities director that we hired. He's wow. literally been behind the scenes, faithful, humble, Jesus-centered servant. And now he oversees our entire facilities. That's an example of God just so graciously providing what you need. You step out and you don't have to do it all. He'll bring and assemble the team and he'll you know, share the resource. He'll delegate the resource. I heard a statement. This is so good. Some of the seasons where I'm like, oh my goodness, we're in a pandemic. How are we going to do this? And one of my friends who he's passed away now, he was one of my pastor friends that I used to sit with. He said, Todd, you take care of the kids. I'll take care of the cash. He said, that's the, the Lord's word to you. Wow. You take care of his kids and he'll take care of the cash, bro. And that just, anytime I feel anxiety in that area, mm. I just hear that voice. Hmm. It's like the voice of the Lord through my, in my pastor mentor friend. Wow. And then Denise and I, my wife, we just get back on our knees and we go, listen, let's take care. Let's invest in our staff. Let's make sure that we we take care of what we're called to do, our kids, our staff, um, all the great opportunities for counsel that we have. Let's make sure we're ministering and God's going to provide. And he's done it. He's done it, Caleb, time and time um, again. What a powerful word. I'm I'm thinking if you're a pastor listening right now, like, man, that that is gold. And as we wind down, I want to give you a chance to Talk directly, like what's on your mind for the pastors listening to this, for the Christian men and women of faith? Kind of what's the what's the takeaway that you have for them? Well, you know me. I mean, you guys did such a brilliant job helping write this self-feeders book. I mean, that's the number one lane that I feel called to. And the reason is I see tragically so many of us pastors and leaders unknowingly, all of a sudden we're having people depend on us. Well, what it happens mm-hmm. if Tragically, I go to, to heaven tomorrow. Then what happens to the church? So my whole goal is to is to help all the people that God sends our way connect intimately with Jesus in his word every single day. Because then, it, you know, yeah, you can have an amazing church, amazing worship team, production, lights, and, you know, uh, social media and all that. But if those people walk away and, you know what, you go away and then their faith goes down the tube, to me, I think we've failed. So whatever we can do to help people connect with the Lord in his word every day, not out of religious duty, but intimate opportunity, I think that's really going to be the thing that is going to help us serve our people well, God's people, I should say, well for their faith and their families. I love that. Todd, I always end with this. Risk is blank. It can be one word. It can be a (laughs) sentence, but I'm leaving you with that. Risk is blank. Um, we kind of say this, we say ministry is simply an overflow of intimacy. And so what I would say is risk is intimate opportunities of adventure Hmm. with the Lord and to help a ton of people. I would say that's really risk to me. Incredible. I mean, yeah, God's calling us for a reason. Usually that reason is to serve others. Everyone, the book is self-feeders. Go and pick it up. (laughs) 
right now help your congregation become that self-feeding? Not, you know, there's, there is a stigma in the church as a whole of like, we are just kind of fat and lazy and we want to be fed. And it's like, <laughs> no, we got to be self-feeders. And yeah. the book is called Self-Feeders, A Personal and Corporate Key to Lasting Fruit in the Christian Life. Thank you, everyone, for listening to the Riskers podcast. Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform. And if you've enjoyed today's episode with Todd from the NFL to the breaking point (laughs) and all the way to leading Love Church, please give that five-star review. And finally, if God is calling you to risk to heal a pain or solve a problem in this world, Instead of getting started just today, get on your knees. That's a great way to get started. Get on your knees, get in the word, intimacy and humility. What a beautiful picture from, from this podcast. All right, Todd, thank you so much for being a guest today, brother. So awesome to connect with you. And I can't wait to see where God takes Love Church and just you. I mean, we've seen God's got you on quite the uh, trajectory (laughs) here, and I'm excited to see what's next for you. Well, I feel the same way, man. It's been a blessing to get to know you and wish nothing but the best for you and your family and your company, man. Great people. Amen, brother. Thank you for listening to the Riskers podcast. This podcast is sponsored by Speak It to Book and Sermon to Book, where we're on a mission to teach kingdom-minded men and women how to write, publish, and market best-selling books and build world-class platforms. To learn more, go to www dot calebrakey dot com.